Welcome to Theory of Conspiracy. A couple of northern lads from the UK discuss plots, cover-ups, and the unexplainable. Hi, I'm Andy the Skeptic. Hello, I'm Carlos. I believe. Carlos, has your mind been changed? What? And if it's not, what, what are you waiting for? What would convince you? What has to happen before you say, okay... I think I'll get the virus. What are you still scared of about taking it? Um, uh, sorry, what did I say? The Freudian virus. slip. You said the virus. <laughs> <laughs> right, let me say it again. Carlos. No, you can't. You can't cut that out. You cannot cut that. Out. I, no, no, it's, it's already on the floor. It's already on the floor. He, right. He's going to cut that out and make it sound fucking. Yeah, proper. it's already on the floor. It's already on the floor. It's gone. Right. It, it, that'll be in the bloopers. That'll be in the bloopers. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. Right. Carlos. I'll convince you to get the vaccine, to get the virus. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. That's, go, that's it. That's my, that's my, was it? Soundbite. That's my soundbite. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Car- Carlos, ha- has your mind been changed? And if it hasn't, what has to happen to convince you to get the virus? Uh, the, the oh, good question. You said virus again. Yeah, yeah, virus. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hell. <laughs> that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, you're you're giving away the conspiracy. You're give, is, you are. Yeah. <laughs> you're giving it away. You don't realize. We're going to tell him we're, we're injecting with the virus. I love oh it. my I love, god, I that is it. I, yeah. I'm starting so Corey you. and Andy, you're trying to inject me with the virus. That's what you're trying Vaccine. to do. Vaccine. What, what would Carlos? <laughs> take, what it, would, take it. Take it from the. Take it from the top. Carlos, have you changed your? <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking hell. Carlos, has any of this changed your mind? And if it hasn't, what would convince you to get the vaccine? Uh, Or the virus. (laughs) You can get exclusive bonus videos and extra podcast material on our YouTube channel. Check it out. Hi, Theocons. As promised, this is the second installment of our recent COVID vaccine discussion. If you've not listened to part one, I suggest you listen to that episode before this one. If you have listened to it, what did you think so far? please let us know via any of our social media platforms. As usual, the link's in the show notes and it takes you to a page with all our links. So there's no excuses because we'd love to get your voice on air too. So if you're brave enough, send us an audio or video submission, whether that's telling us how much you like the podcast, how much you hate the podcast, or if you've got a question for us, send it over. We'll see what we can do. Okay, time for part two. Enjoy. If you would like to support the podcast, please talk about this with your friends or give us a review on iTunes. You can comment or contribute at TheoconPod, that's at T-H-E-O-C-O-N-P-O-D, or check the link in the podcast description. Listen up, this is the main bit. One of the things I've sort of put together in my head whether it's, you know, Nick telling me that there's new vaccines that contain ferritin that have been used for mind control, which when you look into it, and I could dismiss it on this podcast, I've got a whole bit of sciencey, sciencey bit. Science, ooh, sciencey bit. You know, it's not actually even being used as a vaccine platform at the moment. Um, it, it's it's been researched, but there's no actual vaccines that contain ferritin at the moment. Not that I can find anyway. But but one of the things I bear in mind, and we'll, if the listeners want to bear in mind this when we listen to Carlos's reasons, is if you think about the vaccines that we're being treated with across the globe, to, to specifically just for COVID, there are four different technologies at the moment 
There's the whole virus vaccine. There's the RNA or the mRNA vaccine. There's the non-replicating viral vector. There's a protein subunit, right? So these four different technologies have been developed by seven different companies across multiple different countries. And there's still yet more in the pipeline to come out. Therefore, how can any one conspiracy or agenda, whether it's depopulation, population control, mind control, whatever it may be, how can that be implemented by seven different injections by seven different companies? And it's important as well to give context to what you just said, because you're right, is that three, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, three of the biggest vaccine manufacturers failed to make a COVID vaccine. They did the research. They tried to manufacture a COVID vaccine similar to Pfizer and AstraZeneca and the rest, and they actually failed. And it's interesting because it speaks to, and a lot of people talk about indemnity of the vaccine manufacturers and how they don't face uh, liability for any vaccine injuries and stuff. And this is exactly why, because three major vaccine manufacturers invested millions in R&D to develop a vaccine. And without the promise of one, pre-purchase vaccines, if if they did get it right, and two, indemnity to develop the vaccines, it would actually not be financially viable for any pharmaceutical company to make any vaccine because the risks are just too great. So the only reason we actually have any vaccines from any of these guys is through the indemnity clause and through the the pre-purchase of vaccines as well. So that's an important thing to remember is there actually is companies that attempt to make vaccines that also failed, not just the companies, the seven different companies that actually made various different vaccines as well. So when you take all these things into consideration, it's so hard to pull a cohesive theory together that all of these different vaccines are all essentially doing the same thing. Because if, like you just said, if you look at the different sectors of the of the movement, some think it's to do this thing, some think it's for microchips, some thinks it's for brain control. Some and thinks, all that kind of stuff, yeah. Some thinks it's for depopulation. So they don't. there's not even a congruence or agreeance in the actual movement. And there's as many vaccines as there is theories. And this is, again, just to finish up on this point before you, uh, you know, say something, Carlos, is this is what I would say to look out for when you hear a theory and you're concerned about whether it might be true or not, is that in complex and you know nuanced scientific situations, if somebody is trying to sell you a really simple, unified answer and a unified theory for what all these things are doing, and it's really, really straightforward, it's really simple, and it's just for this one reason, it's to control you or to do this, generally that's a huge red flag that you're listening to unsubstantiated conspiracy theory. Brilliant. Just to jump on, uh, no, just to jump on what, because uh, obviously what Andy, because that's the bit I sort of, I thought I don't want to talk about, it, but obviously you've sort of, uh, sort of asked me the question because there is some conspiracy theories where the Bill Gates Foundation, where they've they've gone into places like India, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation was uh, sort of basically kicked out, not fully kicked out of India, where they did experiments on children and women and literally these people some of the poorest people on the planet so they were offering it in things like food in exchange for like six months as long as they can uh, do these experiments with the vaccines and they ended up with a million women who end up infertile it was about uh, a few several hundred thousand children would end up handicapped and 47,000 according to a paper in 2012 what the uh, handicapped children yeah from non-polio acute 
uh, paralysis. And the, the people talk about where Bill Gates talked about, uh, I think it was in a TED talk, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it was probably 2015, 16, uh, probably a bit before that. 2010. Was it 2010? And yeah. he talked about where we could reach to a population of 9 billion, but with the help of vaccines, we can uh, reduce that by 10 to 15 percent yes hmm. he could have made it and he could have meant it in a different um different yeah context. so can i can i just counter that one particular quote yeah. and then uh, we can kind of discuss the rest of it so that one is an offsided one now i'd be interested to actually hear the stats from you andy about the actual uh, non-polo specific side effects that they did studies on because i actually wasn't aware of that um but the quote that he's um that's attributed to him about what he said is he's so the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for anyone that doesn't know about it has been in practice since I think about 1994 basically trying to reduce poverty and disease in some of the poorest areas in the world and part of that involved vaccine research you know for malaria for polio for HIV for different things like that but it's not only that he's also been a big proponent of providing uh contraceptive uh you know safe and readily available contraceptive methods to some of the poorest nations in the world because Places like Africa and India as well, in you know, let's say the real poor shantytown areas of India, their birth rates per woman are, you know, orders of magnitude larger than some of the, uh, you know, first world countries. Let's say, I think in Africa, there's about four births per woman versus about 1.7 births per woman in the US. Ranges from four to seven on average, depending on the country. Nigeria, 1980, uh, something like 76 million people. Uh, Germany, 80, 80 million people. 2020, Nigeria, 200 million people. Germany, 86 million people. So yeah, you you are completely right on that. Yeah, exactly. And then his issue, so that quote that he's talking about, so there's a couple of things in that, and it is kind of, it, it can be misinterpreted easy enough. But there's a couple of reasons why, you know, women in Africa and women in these kind of poor countries have more kids one of the key ones is no readily available contraception right they can't just go to their local kind of sexual health clinic and get condoms uh, and and not have children another one is that they're the children the youth there let's say women are sexually active very very young there because obviously there's not uh, there's a lot of poverty there uh you know there's not a lot of kind of social norms that we have here and you know in first world countries where you know we have an age of consent and all that is very strictly monitored that doesn't happen either and another one is basically a lot of women, a lot of families, let's say in, in Africa, have children as kind of insurance policies because if you don't have a pension, right? They don't have pensions in Africa and some of the poorest, you know, nations in the world. The children that you have are essentially your pension. You know, they, they have provide. children with the hopes that some of them exactly will survive to provide for them. And uh, the infant mortality rate and the life expectancy there is such that women will have many children with the hopes that, let's say, if you have five children. You know, two will survive to adulthood to the point that they'll be able to look after me in my old age. And that's what Bill Gates was specifically speaking about. So vaccination is one key element of that, because if you vaccinate for things like malaria and HIV and you reduce the levels in the population of that, how that affects the birth rate is that women now can have one or two children because they know those one or two children are going to see adulthood and their insurance policy is secured in the two kids they do have. And they don't have to have five or six and attempt multiple times with the hopes of landing one or two. So that coupled with the readily available contraceptive health uh, and uh, and methods that he wants to implement is actually what he's talking about when it comes to reducing pop- the population growth, I'd say, because it's not actually depopulating. What he's trying to do is he's trying to reduce the growth, and that relates to the, the CO2 um, 
you know, expenditure that we use in the environment and how that impacts climate change. That's his, that was kind of where that was coming from. He said, if we reduce the population growth, that will have a direct impact on the amount of CO2 produced, which will help the environment. So the specific thing about the vaccines there is if children live longer, if they don't die really young, African women don't have to have as many. And that will slow the growth of the population there, which is advantageous to everyone across the globe, including them, because it's not good for them to have more children than they need because they can't financially support them either. A lot of these theories that eventually become kind of uh, pick up steam that's something to look out for as well it's a lot oh, of the yeah, time totally. it's a misattributed it's a misattributed quote and it's one without context a very recent one happened with dr fauci where people were tagging me the same people that love tagging me in all of these conspiracy videos tagged me in this one of fauci saying vaccinated people uh, are as likely to uh, infect other people as unvaccinated people now what they missed is they cut out the point where it said when there's breakthrough cases in vaccinated people, they have the same amount of viral load as unvaccinated people. The important context there is you're eight times less likely to get infected if you have the vaccine. So they remove that context, shared Fauci saying that. And I've had hundreds of comments since then saying vaccinated people shed as much, vi- as much virus as unvaccinated people. And they're fully convinced of that. So just keep an eye out on that. When you see clip quotes, try and find the full thing. Try and look around. You can look on DuckDuckGo. It doesn't have to be Google if you don't trust it. Yeah, try and find Google's some context. Been quote. Censoring quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's quite, it's, yeah it's so I think it's fair. Go to a different search engine, but just try and find some context to the quotes before you like fully absorb them because oftentimes the context is the important thing around it, you know? But do you think, uh, I was just going to just say the Bill Gates, because Bill Gates has become sort of Lex Luthor after this uh, pandemic. So do you think, because yeah. if anyone who's had, it's, it's like the... Um, like the the sort of the pedophile rings of the Epstein, all these names were coming out. It's like during the COVID, it's like Bill Gates's name's been sort of cemented with the conspiracy and depopulation and vaccine X Y Z. So, do you think that's justified or unjustified the the abuse uh, Bill Gates is being getting? Because a lot of people have been tying in because obviously his association with Jeffrey Epstein, his divorce from his wife, and and obviously I understand people can get two and two together and put and get 15 so i understand that but all these all these sort of uh information where he's sort of being blackmailed to follow this uh follow on with this uh vaccine because he has been uh at the jeffrey epstein island alongside bill Ga- uh, bill gates alongside bill uh, clinton and all these other people yeah, yeah, yeah. and his name's been dirted and he's now being blackmailed to say listen you need to follow up on this agenda and that that's that these are why i didn't want to go but i've just thought have you heard about these stories yeah no i think it's it's fine to touch on it yeah even though this might be the part of the the podcast that gets it banned on youtube but let's run it and see (laughs) that's that's why i've sort of alluded to without alluding to it if you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. so i think so i love when this happens i love when like uh you know we combine kind of you know uh conspiracy theories like jeffrey epstein and then combine it with bill gates and i know that we've heard about you know him being on the flight logs and stuff to lolita island or whatever it was called i think with bill gates i think he has he had a huge amount of uh, it's been reduced a lot i think that was on purpose he had a lot of sway in the public eye in the beginning of the pandemic because of his work yes on uh you know countering pandemics and he was on the news talking about these things and i don't know if they thought because you know oh bill gates is like this guy everyone knows and 
you know, he's he's a he's a friendly face that maybe having him on the news will will help convince people. But I think it had the opposite effect. I think people were like, you know, who's this guy? He's you know, is he the like he the, the most the... powerful doctor in the world without being a doctor, basically? Yeah, exactly. So it had the complete opposite effect. People were straight away saying, why is this guy? You know, he's just a, you know a multi billionaire. Uh, people are skeptical of people that wealthy anyway, like yeah. the likes of him and, and Zuckerberg and stuff like that. Why are they getting? Why is he going on the news talking about the vaccine? I think that made people more skeptical, to be honest of the vaccine because if he's talking about it like why is why is it not a doctor so i do think some of the stick that he's received now while i don't think he deserves it i do think that it probably wasn't advisable to make him the uh the spokesperson in terms of the potential for blackmail i find that hard to believe because and i can tie this back into the comment you made about uh alex jones in the beginning of the podcast when you talked about how they seem to know this was coming like 15 years ago and said, this is what they're going yeah, to do. They talked about, yeah, they, they, they were talking about, there's a video where Alex Jones talks about there'll be a, a global pandemic where they will shut down. You won't be able to go to your restaurants, your bars, your football stadiums. It'll just yeah, be shut yeah, and down. I, and I'd seen the video exactly. And, and it is interesting. And again, this is why a lot of the stuff is tricky and I don't fault anyone for, for being confused or, or asking questions around it. Bill Gates has been working on pandemic simulation and pandemic kind of awareness for i think you know at least half as long as the bill and melinda gates foundation has been around so that's at least since you know whatever half of 1994 to 2020 he has been a huge proponent since you know and this actually was used against him because early in the pandemic before you know people realized it was a silly talking point they would say oh there was a conference held you know a year or six months before this pandemic emerged and the conference talked about you know uh simulating a pandemic and how would we respond and the virus they used was you know SARS-CoV-2 the coronavirus and they were like you know this is evidence that uh, or I think they used coronaviruses because they hadn't named SARS-CoV-2 at that point so they used coronaviruses as their you know models there was a number behind the event event two or something was it there's a number behind the something event. like that yeah events yeah. yeah events something like that yeah events with some number after it and you can you know people can check and, it out and tom hanks was apparently using that number as well and, and that that's where the conspiracy theory went completely through the roof yeah exactly so I, and, and it kind of emerged you know that basically when you look into bill gates history this has been something that he's been talking about and banging on about there's a ted talk of his from uh, uh you know a, 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 at least a good few years ago i think it might have been 2015 where he talks about the biggest threat to uh, modern society is a global pandemic because the, we're basically due overdue know, one basically we're overdue one and we're playing footsie under the table with a lot of these viruses because we don't actually invest in uh, a lot of this stuff enough until it occurs basically so his whole a, a big obviously Bill and Gates things there's a lot of things and vaccination is one of them but he's actually been a proponent of pandemic awareness for a long long time they had a pandemic task force in the obama administration which was eight years previous to donald trump's administration this has been something that people have been aware of for a long time a lot of this stuff was uh is you know epidemiologists essentially that you you are somebody who deals with epidemics you study the anomaly of epidemics you know obviously we've had uh you know sars one so that was like the first sars coronavirus we've had you know uh the smallpox we've had loads of different kind of pandemics throughout history and epidemics you know localized epidemics like ebola and a lot of these measures are well known and well understood you know social distancing wearing masks to prevent spread uh you know quarantining you know they did quarantining back in the the days of the black plague so this stuff is all understood and alex jones when you eventually when you throw a million crazy darts at a wall eventually one hits the bullseye and you can go back and you can look at hours and hours of his content 
And the fact that he managed to review that some of the pandemic response plans were what they were and they were known back then what they were if you were interested in epidemiology or that was something you studied. And he said, oh, this is going to happen. And also space lizards are going to, you know, <laughs> arrive in 2030 and they're going to like suck <laughs> your blood Dave, and stuff. That's David, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I know he, on Joe Rogan's podcast, he gave some shine to that about like space, or like va- intergalactic vampires and, you know, this kind of thing. Eventually, you know, a broken watch is right, you know, once a day or twice a day, whatever the saying is. So I wouldn't attribute much to that. You know, he just knew what the pandemic response was. He He's not a stupid guy. He knows the pandemics were likely one of the highest risk factors to uh you know a population uh currently you know bar i think a world war was the other one and he just you know essentially you know fired a, a, his million darts and one of them hit the bullseye 15 years later but i don't think bill gates was compromised i think yeah. this is something he's talked about for a long time and it just seems to there's too, there's he's been too much of a proponent of this thing to think that he's just suddenly doing it because he's blackmailed he's always talked about this it's been his biggest worry for the population he's always cared about it the guy is a you know a gazillionaire he doesn't need oh, yeah. money you know at this point it, what he's doing he's doing because you know it's something that he cares about and he's passionate about i know it, i laugh when i when people say like oh you know follow the money when it comes to bill gates and i'm like bill gates like is money like why the hell he doesn't need any more money so it becomes it's a, it's a question of power there basically it's like if we believe science and i do i i do i believe it or not, i am a man of science so if we are over populated we are over polluting we are overfishing climate change is an issue a real issue then maybe because we don't seem to like you just alluded to before car we don't have wars anymore wars mm. used to like world war one 60 million people world war two anything between 60 to 80 million people eradicated we forgot they had a spanish flu which had killed anything between 60 to 100 million people we don't have mm. that anymore so could this pandemic could be a way of just sort of like reducing population so if that happens and i want to let andy in as well because he's been silent for a bit the only thing i would say is if uh, and i'll keep it brief if they wanted to use um medication to depopulate a large percentage of the population i don't know why they would do it in the form of a pandemic with uh, experimental vaccines with essentially economic shutdown across the globe i think they just stick it in a your standard box of panadol they make every 10th panadol box you know the poison box cyanide yeah, and you'd eventually though, yeah. develop. Yeah, you'd eventually yeah. develop something, and you would die. You know, I think they do it in a much more covert way, uh, way less, um, you know, eyes on it. Way less yeah. obvious. They wouldn't be holding, uh, you know, conferences about pandemics six months before a real pandemic. I mean, it's almost like you know. Do you think these people were like you know swinging their, you know, todger in your face before you know yeah. actually enacted the pandemic? It just you know, yeah. I think you would find a much easier method of implementing population control, and there is easier methods, and they are vaccination to reduce the necessity for high birth rates, um, education, uh, improved economic situations, because we've seen that women have less kids when they're uh, more educated, and ultimately access to birth control. These are all far easier ways to slow population growth than a, a world shutdown Probably experimental vaccines well. and would, killing millions of people. Exactly. Would yeah. sterilization be part of that? Well, it depends. Again, if, if this is... Uh, it, if you think that the methods that they currently speak of, at least, you know, if you don't, if you question if it's true or not, if you think that sterilization or mass sterilization is something that is easier to do than simply reducing birth rates in some of the poorest countries in the world, then perhaps. But again, I would need to see evidence that that was happening. Again, you would, that you, would do it, you would do it with an off-the-shelf drug, wouldn't you? And just Something like much say. simpler. Yeah, so yeah. I know th- thalidomide and that, like I know people cite thalidomide and how that had adverse effects in women and they end up having like, you know, deformed pregnancies. They just put it in something that was far 
more off the shelf. They say, oh, a bad batch, or they, you know, produce a new form of, of paracetamol or norphin. And they do it that way, far more covert uh, than this, the amount of, uh, the amount of cooperation you need for, for a global pandemic. You know, you, you would need to believe that all the world's governments, all of the world's corporations, all of the world's health systems, all the world's scientists in this area, like all these people have to be in on the conspiracy. Yeah. You got to have women that are immunologists. Uh, I know one of them is a good friend of mine from the states who's on TikTok as well. You'd have to believe that all these women who are immunologists would just have absolutely no moral compass, and that have no problem lying to the public about what's going on, simply to, uh, you know, in some grand scheme. I don't know if they'd think they were heroes or how you would justify it in your mind uh, to to make women infertile when there are other paths to, you know, mm. reducing population growth. It just seems, you know, far too far-fetched. Yeah, and not only that, going back to my vaccines, you would have to do it across seven different vaccines, uh, across seven different companies. And the the countries that are having the most per women um, aren't even getting these vaccines. So it's pointless in trying to kill off the United States, the UK, France, which are all relatively low. I mean, there's nameless, there is millions of nameless and unknown people in places like India and Africa that if you went in and you just stuck, you know, an airborne virus or, you know, something into the water system of some of the shantytowns in India, you could wipe out tens of millions of people and there wouldn't be a, a tear shed. There would, the media would barely cover it. They'd just say, oh, you know, they live in such terrible conditions that, of course, you know, some deadly disease is going to mutate in that group and you know they're all suffering you know and it's all it's terrible and everyone's sad and the celebrities would come online and say like oh we need an appeal and then we'd forget about it you know that would be a far easier way to just depopulate millions yeah. of people do you know what i mean you could take out so many of them and essentially nobody would bat an eyelid but with these people like you mentioned all these people behind the scenes with doctors and people who are sort of talking about the vaccines do you think they could be bought or be financed or be... Um, obviously Too a lot many of, people involved, Carlos. Is, because the, the, the reason why I say this because my background is the music industry and I remember the stories. Uh, I was a young kid coming through the ranks of 16, 17, 18 years old and you heard about all these stories about uh, uh, Jimmy Savile and all these other people coming through. You go, nah. I was a kid. I was just You just hear about these rumours and people go, oh, you, you, I was just sat there in a room. You heard about all these allegations but people says i'm not going to say anything because if i say anything i'll lose my job or do you know what i've got my six figure salary i'm not going to say anything and then i remember watching a podcast with uh, joe rogan and bill mayer and bill mayer says i knew about um, bill cosby in 1983 and joe rogan says i knew about the bill uh, bill cosby stories in 1994 they knew about he was drugging women and taking advantage of these women but because mm. they were going through the ranks they didn't say anything because it would affect their career so just to sort of just to sort of a bit of a curveball do you think a lot of these people would know the truth but they affect because they could lose a lot of these people doctors could be earning half a million a million dollars a year and they would yeah, lose yeah, their so, so do you think do you think money can buy people i know you, you need a lot of money to buy a lot of people but do you think so this is the thing yeah so i think and you touched on the point really well when you said about um people making big salaries and stuff so and the likes of joe rogan and, uh, and these people so there are probably very very wealthy or very uh you know let's say successful people in, uh, in in the fields that we're talking about that are working on this stuff that maybe you could make the case for that for but the vast majority of let's say immunology experts phds in biology and stuff like this the people that basically would be 
the whistleblowers in a situation like this. A huge amount of them are just academics. So they work in universities, they work in research. They're not working as consultants for big uh, pharmaceutical companies. They're essentially toiling away uh, in a library, in a university after getting their PhD uh, for 10 years. And they essentially don't make a lot of money at all. So this makes up the vast majority of the scientific community that would be whistleblowing, that aren't making any money, uh, that it wouldn't be worth paying off because, you know, they're not afraid to lose uh, a half a million or a multiple million, you know, consultancy position with a, with a, with a pharmaceutical company. They just aren't paid enough. And ironically, I don't know if you saw the, the video of Piers Corbin where uh, two YouTube guys, they pranked him. So Piers Corbin is a, a notable anti-vaxxer um, and the and brother of Jeremy has, Corbyn, just in case people. Yeah, don't know. exactly. Yeah, which is like you know a funny kind of <laughs> twist of fate. But he's um, he he's a proponent of anti-vaxxers, and he's been a vocal proponent of like the anti the COVID vaccine. And he was actually bribed, fake bribed by these two YouTube pranksters posing as AstraZeneca reps. They offered him ten grand to basically stop criticizing AstraZeneca. And there's a video online about it, and they're basically saying like, oh, just stick to Pfizer and stick to Moderna and talk about mRNA, but just leave AstraZeneca alone and here's 10 grand. And on the video, you can see him basically saying like, oh yeah, you know, I, I can talk about Pfizer and you know, that's fair enough. And basically doing the deal with him. And I find it much easier to believe that the likes of this guy, these individuals, the likes of, let's say, Dolores Cattle here in Ireland for, you know, anyone that doesn't know, they can, you know, check her out or the likes of uh, a Rob Malone or a Mike Eden or these guys. The funny thing is, the only immunologists or virologists or PhDs or experts you hear the names of are usually the people that are touted by the COVID skeptics. The immunologists and the experts on the COVID positive side are nameless. You don't hear about them. They get no clout. They get no fame, very little fame. Whereas every single person who comes out against the vaccine immediately is shared across the globe. Immediately is referred to. And household names straight away. You know, we all know Mike Eden. We all know Byron Bridal. We all know Rob Malone. We all know Brett Weinstein. And possibly that's why they do it. And these people actually have They have something to gain because they actually can gain notoriety and clout from it because they're such a small group. The vast, vast majority of the experts in the field of immunology and uh, and Scientology there, that's a totally different (laughs) side of things. But virology and epidemiology, they're completely nameless. They toil away in research labs and universities for, you know, probably less money than we make. Uh, and they just have a passion for what they're doing. And these will be the whistleblowers if there was a grand conspiracy. But there isn't because the reality is there's not a grand yeah. conspiracy. The vaccines work. Carlos, has your mind been changed? What? And if it's not, what What are you waiting for? What would convince you? What has to happen before you say, OK, I think I'll get the virus? What are you still scared of about taking it? Um... Uh, sorry what did i say the Freudian slip you said the virus <laughs> right let me say it again carlos no you can't you can't cut that out you cannot cut that out. I, no no it's, it's already on the floor it's already on the floor he, right. he's gonna cut that out and make it sound fucking yeah proper. it's already on the floor it's already on the floor it's gone right it, it, that'll be in the bloopers that'll be in the bloopers yeah, yeah, yeah nice. right carlos what will convince you to get the vaccine or to get the virus <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, that's that's it that's my that's my was it soundbite that's my soundbite right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Car- carlos has your mind been changed and if it hasn't what has to happen to convince you to get the virus uh the the oh, good question the virus again yeah, yeah, virus. oh shit yeah. Hell. Ah, that is <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're giving away the conspiracy you're give, is, you are yeah. <laughs> you're giving it away you don't realize you know, we're gonna tell him we're injecting him with the virus uh, 
I love oh it. Oh my love, god, I that is out. Yeah, I'll have to start so a new. Corey and Andy, you're trying to inject me with the virus. That's what you're trying Vaccine. to do. Vaccine. What, what would Carlos? <laughs> take, what it, would, take it. Take it from the. Take it from the top. Carlos, have you changed your? <laughs> oh fucking hell, Carlos, has any of this changed your mind? And if it hasn't, what would convince you to get the vaccine? Uh, or the yes. virus. <laughs> um, right. Uh, serious. Obviously, I try and give a serious answer. Um, maybe I need to take myself off social media, mainstream media, and maybe cleanse myself of social media and mainstream media for about a month or two and then reevaluate because at the moment I'm sort of hearing I trying to I'm one of these people where I follow people on Twitter or TikTok or Instagram people I do not agree with all the time and what I'm trying to do is says we can't both be right so we're either both full of shit or one of us has got it completely right the other's got it completely wrong so what I try and do is listen to us people and say do you know what I don't agree with 80-85% of what you say but do you know it's about 5-10-15% I agree with I'm going to reevaluate that and if that person does the same with me I've closed the gap by what 20-30% and that's what I probably need to do is probably take myself off and listen to clearly well-read well-educated people like Corey and literally another people like Corey out there and just get more information and go do you know what, and make a more educated uh, educa- uh, education decision because at the moment I'm still not convinced to take the vaccine. Do you know what the best way to do that is? Whatever reason you've still got, and I don't want to put you on a, I don't want to put you on a thing, you know, on a, on the spot and and say, right, Carlos, tell me why you won't take it. What don't you trust? But whatever it is you don't trust that you're clinging to that you've heard, I think you you just need to go back and look into exactly what they are saying while you're reevaluating what it was you were told, read, whatever. Just go. How can this be accomplished? by things we've talked about, like how can this be accomplished by seven different companies using four different technologies for vaccine? I mean, I mentioned this to Nick, and do you know what he said? Well, they're all liquid, aren't they? Maybe it's in the water part. Maybe it's the water (laughs) that they're giving you. And I just went, Nick, I can't fight this. So you've you've still got seven different companies all using the same batch of uh, liquid to (laughs) to solutionize their their vaccine. It's like using the god of gaps. It's it's like using the... Because I'm... uh, Everybody knows I'm Catholic, but I don't use the god of gaps, where if a scientist can't answer a question, then somebody fills in with the god of gaps and go, oh, that must be the act of God. I'm not that kind Mm -hmm. of person. But the one thing which is sort of uh, holding me back is like, I should have... Uh, tested positive many 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 times i sort of uh, interact with anything between let me just let me stop you right no 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 let me stop you there right you did a great story before where you said right just this week you've come into contact with four people three or four people that have all tested positive and Corey, Corey did explain that but when it comes down to testing carlos i know for a fact right i I have got these home testing kits, and I test myself no, twice it's, a week. It's a probably the test where they go to the where the people give you all. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, it might be. It doesn't matter what test you're doing, but any test that you do, as far as I'm concerned, is better than doing no tests. But but you can't tell me that for the, since tests have been available, you've been doing a test twice a week. Uh, the other uh, thing, as well, is to note just before you answer that, as well as PCR tests have about a thirty percent false negative rate. So I encourage people to go on and check that out. False negative rate being that it actually 
gives you a negative test result when in fact you actually are positive. It's a lot more likely than a false positive. So that's just something for people to understand as well that you may have tested negative, but you may actually have had the virus because almost one third of these tests are are, are revealed to be false negatives. But go ahead, Carlos. No, no. So I've had I've had the thing is I've had none of these uh, symptoms or like um, uh, fatigue or a third uh, of people don't have or, symptoms. So I could be, and this is the, this is the bit where I'll sort of hit back. Back is like I could be one of those people who does not show any symptoms but could be a carrier. And I know a lot of people like me who are not showing any symptoms. I've got friends who work in construction, working with 50, 60, 70 people. No, no one on their site has got ill ever. And the, I've heard... Of They're all outside, though, so there's a lot less risk as well, but just being outside. So I've heard a couple of people like Andy, where Andy's obviously, he's had it, his neighbours has had it, a couple of friends have had it, and other people like that. But I've had other people, a bit like me, who's been uh, surrounded by thousands of people per week and nothing's happened. That's the bit where it's like, why are people around me who've been double vaccinated still getting covid Whereas me, I've not been vaccinated, still interacting. There's probably more people around you that are vaccinated than aren't vaccinated. Yeah, well, a good lesson even for that as well is, and I would obviously, you know, you can take your own personal perspective, but I think just for everyone, good advice to follow is if you do trust the data, you do trust the science, you don't think it's, uh, you know, being manipulated, your own personal experience oftentimes is going to be heavily biased uh, and better to remove your own personal experience from your decision and make your decision and your informed decision based on the available data rather than you know your particular you know story because for every carlos out there who doesn't know anyone who's really gotten sick or hasn't got the virus himself despite being exposed there is an equal person who's had somebody die from the virus or has been severely sick and they'll tell their story as well so personal anecdotes you know they they are what they are but they really don't contribute to what should be an informed medical decision it should work on the data basically what I think would be really helpful, and again, you have to come to this decision, you know, on your own terms, obviously, and you need to be convinced yourself to make the decision, is if you seeked out some of the vocal um, immunologists and virologists that are actually on TikTok and on these platforms, if you actually followed a couple of them, and rather than removing yourself off social media, which is difficult to do at the best of times, yeah. if you followed those guys and you just kind of spent a month listening to their perspective and what they're saying and see how do you feel after that exposure to you know a lot of the of the experts in the field because i've talked to a couple of people i've recommended a few people that i follow in particular and a few people after the fact have said you know listening to this one girl after a light on t- on tiktok you know highly recommend her she's an immunologist she runs her own lab uh, over in the states and people have said you know listening to them i actually realize how informed they are and how complex this is and the way they speak about everything has convinced me that I can trust I can trust them. So that is something that just personally I would recommend to you is if you actually go and seek some of these people out and I can even share a couple of the accounts that would know, be great. What we should do is like a follow-up podcast. And then I'll have a sort of like a, a, a sort of a yin and yang, a nice balance. Yeah, that's, I think and I think that's a good way to do it. Yeah. And I would recommend that for most people. But if you're actually, and I, I think you are genuinely open to, which I think I'm, a lot of people I'm are. Never mar- I'm never married to my views. I'm not married. Yeah. I'm open. So I recommend that big time then. I'll share a couple of the accounts with you. And I just, you know, just give it a month of, of viewing their content hearing their perspective and see how does that make you feel about what you're hearing and about the taking the vaccine because to me 
I mean, I would absolutely love if you were, I don't want you to take the vaccine because you're forced or because you, you know, you want to go and enjoy life. I want you, my ultimate goal is that you will take the vaccine because you're convinced that it's I'm safe. And that's the bit because I'm convinced that's the idea. That's what I want, you know, because the, other, the rest of it is unsustainable. I want people to take it because they're convinced that it's effective and safe. And, you know, whatever manner achieves that is what I think is the best. So give that a go. We'll talk, you know, post, uh, post the show, the show and I'll share the names with you and you can follow me and I'll follow you back and I'll DM you and stuff so you can see them. But I do think that's a good idea. And, and that see is, that's a great suggestion about exposing yourself to both sides of the argument. If you're just in contact with one side, I, I personally do. Uh, I, I personally have that. If I, if I'm on TikTok, well, you, shut, you, you, have... shut, you shut yourself out Andy from that. You do shut yourself off from like Brett Weinstein and all that. I don't. Well, what I did say to you the other day uh, and this was this is on a on a on a on a Telegram chat that we I have with Carlos and Nick. Nick was throwing more and more stuff at me, and then he threw ferritin at me, which I briefly mentioned earlier. And I said, Nick, I'm refusing to look at ferritin. And the reason is, you keep throwing all this stuff at me, and you expect me to come up with the research and debunk why you're throwing stats at me or theories at me that are wrong. It's as if he's using me as like a thermometer and he's going, well, what do you think about this, Andy? What do you think about this, Andy? And I just went, look, you're just throwing another thing at me called ferritin. I don't even want to read it. And I said, I'm not going to read it. In the end, I did go back and I read it. So it's not that I'm cutting myself off to it. I am definitely exposed to both sides of it, Carlos. Um, And by being exposed to both sides, I can I can see which is the which is the truth. You know, I did I did go and do the research about ferritin that Nick refused to do, and I could I could spend the next five ten minutes now telling you about ferritin, and why it's not being used in any vaccines, and why it's not being used for mind control, despite there being papers about tests on hamsters. Another kind of overarching theme is uh, the burden of proof is important to remember with a lot of this stuff. If you come to somebody and you say, I heard that, you know, the vaccine does this and you say, well, I don't think it does. And then the person goes, well, you can't prove it doesn't. The burden of proof is on the person making the claim. If you're in a court of law and you're the prosecution, you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that somebody did something in order to uh, prosecute them. The defense doesn't have to prove they didn't do it. All they have to do is introduce reasonable doubt and prevent the prosecution from proving it. So again, it's important that people realize the burden of proof, if you make a claim about something to do with the vaccine or you make a claim about the numbers being manipulated or you make a claim about anything else to do with the pandemic, the burden of proof is then on you to make the, the to validate your claim. You can't just say something and expect the person that's received that information to prove that it's not happening. So anyone who starts the story of apparently comma, so, hey, you need to reevaluate it, basically. <laughs> This is a question to both of you. Have you had many people who, who've been double vaccinated and regretted having it? Nick's the only person I know who's who's, who's sort of regretted it. Do you, do you I'm know not, I'm, I don't know if regretting is a big word. I think he said if he was to be vaccinated, if he had the choice now, he wouldn't do it. And that's purely because... Well, that's regret. That's regret. If he, if he could go back in time, he wouldn't have it. That's regret. Yeah, but is, and the other thing too as well is it, it seems like this thing didn't necessarily impact him. It's that he's he's seen something and now he is you know concerned about his own vaccination, but in reality he hasn't actually been affected by the vaccine yet. So maybe down the line when he sees you know in in six mm. months in a year that actually nothing is happening, he might say, "Oh no, I'm actually convinced." He did actually say mind. to me, "I'm waiting till 20, 2023 to make my mind up because of the yeah the, about this, whether it's 
this supposed uh, study yeah. completion date, which is another bit of misinformation as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey, uh, I'm just going to let you wrap up. I know you've got one final point. Just to reiterate for our listeners, if they want to follow you or f- I'll find out more about you, uh, you're on TikTok and it's Politicori, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on TikTok at Politicori. So that's politi, like politic without the C. And then Corey, C-O-R-E-Y. And uh, that's the same name on YouTube. I do have just one video. So if you're interested about how, um, how you know, this stuff, the COVID misinformation intercepts with politics and the psychology of it all, uh, there's a video, a longer video on my YouTube about that. Brilliant. Okay. And I'm also going to tag it in our show notes as well and possibly this is in the edit but if you want to give me uh, a couple of the accounts to follow i don't mind tagging them in the show notes as well you know the, the accounts you mentioned earlier yeah perfect. so so I'll, I'll i will stick those accounts and those other ones we mentioned earlier in the show notes for people to follow so they can get another opinion i'm not sure we'll get a chance to say goodbye because this is really overrunning so <laughs> i'd really want to thank you for coming on i think this has been absolutely great thank um, you, Corey. I really the fact that it. you just replied to my comment on um when i tried to get hold of you on tiktok uh, amid all the other comments you must be getting uh was brilliant and uh, i've had some absolutely great conversations i would love to get you on the podcast again but I'm, i want to let you uh wrap up with like um yeah your final thoughts sort of thing yeah 100 percent. and uh thanks a million to ha- for having me on um it's a fantastic opportunity uh to actually have a discussion with people who have genuine concerns like carlos does and there's millions of people out there that have the concerns and i think it's important that we recognize that and we don't demonize people for uh, asking questions and for being concerned about you know what is the scariest uh, global event of our of our time um and of our lives yeah. for sure so i think having these open discussions where people are free to ask questions in a an open, you know, uh, situation where there is back and forth and, you know, everyone is interested in the truth needs to happen more and more. Uh, so I commend you guys for, for doing that. So thanks a million. Thanks. And I would absolutely love to come back on again, maybe in a month or two, uh, we can see kind of how Carlos's mind has changed. It would be interesting to see how the pandemic has kind of continued as we're seeing now, you know, we're seeing a bit of a pandemic of the unvaccinated now, uh, in that they make up the majority of the hospitalizations and deaths. So maybe in two months, we might have more convincing data on that. Uh, that coupled with maybe some of the the content that Carlos has checked out, uh, he might come back with a with a refreshed perspective, and I think that would be super awesome. So yeah, open invitation for me. I would absolutely love to come back on anytime you'll have me. And I wanted to just wrap up a small bit because I do think one aspect of this that is a little bit overlooked is that it intercepts in politics in an interesting way. Politics is something that I'm really uh, interested in. It was originally the thing that I kind of uh, was most interested in learning about before this pandemic started and all this craziness happened and there was this apparent split in politics in terms of who actually would take the vaccine and who trusted the COVID numbers and who didn't. And I would just basically caution people because there is an interesting prevalence, and I talk about this a little bit um, on the YouTube video, about the far right essentially using this uh, global health uh, crisis as an opportunity to piggyback uh, on people's fears, uh, people that are concerned. This is something that often happens with far right groups where they'll take people's fears uh, during a, a time of crisis. So we saw it during the Syrian refugee crisis, where we had millions of people who were from war-torn Syria uh, migrating across Europe. There was all this rhetoric about the, the damage they were causing and you know the effect they were having. And you know these immigrants were dangerous and they were criminals. And a lot of the time, these far-right parties across these different countries uh, took advantage of that. And we saw you know in the likes of France, in the likes of Italy, and even in the UK with Brexit, 
uh, how that actually impacted people's uh, choices and voting rights. And similar to that in Ireland, we're seeing the same thing. So just be aware of some of the more nefarious angles of some of the rhetoric around the politics of this um, pandemic, whether you uh, are, have questions, legitimate questions or not, whether you are concerned about the how deadly the virus really is or you think it might not be as deadly. Just be careful for what might be um, a uh, knowledgeable and kind of intentional push of certain information in order to get people more sympathetic to uh, a side of politics that is quite dangerous, uh, quite damaging, quite othering, uh, and politics that really, if took hold, uh, would lead to some even more kind of dangerous uh, societal effects. So just something to be aware of for people as well. Be careful uh, of the hidden kind of virus that's in this. And that is, you know, the misinformation and who actually is propagating it and for what reason. That's an absolute great segue to what I was just going to talk about regarding World War One. People forget after World War One, we had the outbreak. Uh, World War One finished uh, 2000, sorry, uh, 1918. And what, uh, the Spanish flu uh, outbreak was uh, 1918 to 1920. Adolf Hitler uh, obviously was in World War One, a decorated soldier. He was a germaphobe. And after he used to bathe four times a day. After Germany was one of the most hit countries of the Spanish flu, and the areas which were most contaminated with Spanish flu, uh, Adolf Hitler went into those cities. He helped with their economy, helped with their wages, and those were the cities that voted the Third Reich in 1933. Also, you can look at Mussolini. Mussolini was very the same. Mussolini outlawed handshakes. He outlawed it. He found it beastly. And it talks about what you just, what you just talked about is um, far-right groups, fascism. Yes, Hitler got voted in by these areas which were hit by the Spanish flu um, because the Third Reich collected lots and lots and lots of information, whereas Italy, not so much so. But uh, it was true that uh, Mussolini was outlawed handshakes because of the after the Spanish flu outbreaks. Yeah, and that's one, just one other point on that before I finish up as well is it's an interesting aspect. I'm reading a book by Chris Morey um, called The Republican Brain, um, The Science of Why They Deny Science. And it basically talks about all of the psychological studies that have been done on people uh, and how that splits people into different party lines and some of the psychological traits of people that uh, are heavily swayed one way or the other between Democrat and Republican over in the U.S., and how a lot of the more extreme Republicans are very, you know, there, there's a lot of science denial, a lot of, you know, climate change denial, uh, science denial in general. And one of the things that was really interesting about that was the psychological state of a lot of the people who were uh, more, had more affinity for the, uh, the dying science and denying kind of reality in some aspects was uh, high um, anxiousness high neuroticism, um, fear of change, um, a desire for uh, stability and reliability. And a lot of these things are traits and are psychological states that people are going to be in in times of crisis. So when people are in that state of mind, they're a lot more, they, they're looking for something that is reliable, that is comforting, and that makes them feel safe in a time that is quite dangerous and is you know going to give people fear. And that is a prime time for just as Carlos said, nefarious actors to come in to exploit people's fears, to use them essentially for their own ends, 
and to enact, you know, some pretty dangerous stuff. As I'm sure we all know, Hitler um, was probably, you know, the most uh, worst enactor of dangerous things on top of a, an opportunity. So, you know, that's interesting as well, just to look at the psychology of people as well and, and how that ties in. That's really pretty highbrow stuff. <laughs> right. One final question, guys. Yes or no? There are loads of COVID and COVID vaccine conspiracies, right? They conflict with each other and all sorts. So they definitely can't all be real. But there's so many conspiracies, at least one's got to be true, right? Carlos? Corey? Sure, possibly. Oh, I want to just say no. <laughs> I would have said no. Yeah, well, I, the Wuhan lab <laughs> one, I think, was a conspiracy early on. And I do think that there's actually some pretty viable evidence for that. That it actually, you know, uh, there was a big hammering on the fact that it was definitely natural. It definitely came from the wet markets. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I do think true. that there's more evidence that. It w- so I do think we have to give a little bit of ground here. And I yeah. think two. The, the thing, yeah, what got people scary was it's a bit like because the only economy that grew last year was the Chinese economy. I know that's conspiracy. I know so. Uh, it could they, be they, that they had it first, recovered first, therefore made a made a packet. For for me. For, <sighs> I really don't know how I feel on this one because for me, it doesn't matter how the virus came about. So the, vi- the, thing, the virus yeah. is here. No, you should, the idea so, is that exactly. You should care because you have to be accountable. Somebody out there, by body, I mean, you know, the who or whatever, need to get that proof and prove that it was leaked and then they can hold them people accountable. It's not something we're going to change by by talking well, about if you're it. Held no, account- no, no. If you're held accountable, then you have to pay out the... Uh, no, the yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. I, I agree with you that a hundred percent there, Carlos. But I don't think anyone is gonna us chatting about it is not going to no, help no, it. Gonna if anything, if anything, it just makes people with other agendas, other anti-COVID agendas, go, "Oh well, if it was purposely leaked, it was because of this agenda and that agenda," and that's where it all starts. And we've done gives, very gives well ammunition to, to the wrong side for me. Gives ammunition very, to the wrong side. And we've done very well to to stay away from all that kind of stuff. So, because I, I, I've really enjoyed listening to Corey today, but I appreciate you coming on the podcast today, Kurt. gentlemen. Yeah. So, I just want to reiterate basically uh, some of the stats about the pandemic. So, to date, we've one hundred nineteen nine million cases. We've four point two four million people dead. A case fatality rate of about 2.1%. I believe that the deaths are underreported because of if you look at excess deaths, uh, you'll see that actually more people have died than uh, excess to previous years than uh, the reporting suggests. Um, it's the third highest cause of death since 2020. Um, long-term illness, we're seeing uh, you know major issues with uh, you know long COVID, uh, neurological issues, organ problems, you know the need for uh, kidney transplants, etc. We saw a near health system collapse in Italy. Uh, people dying of preventable diseases, these uh, collateral deaths that Andy mentioned that are so avoidable. Uh, now look at vaccines. So in this third Delta wave, if you look at any of the stats for any country uh, for the third wave, ones that actually implemented the vaccine, you will see that in every in the previous two waves, when the cases went up, the deaths also went up. What we're seeing in this third wave is the deaths are generally flat or the spike is extremely small. This demonstrates the power and uh, efficacy of the vaccine in reducing severe illness and reducing death. So what about all the numbers that say they're safe? What about the experts, the governments and the scientists? Uh, Why would they lie about it? You know, people say follow the money. If you think big pharma are making so many profits from, you know, the production of these vaccines, then you need to go take all your life savings and invest in them in the stock market. What you're going to see when you invest them in the stock market is you're not going to actually make that much money because the reality is they're not any more profitable than any other business uh, in the in society or in the economy. Important to remember, 
AstraZeneca is actually losing money on their vaccines. For every vaccine they produce, they've actually lost money after uh, committing to sell them at a not-for-profit. They thought they would make money on it, but they were going to fund that back into research. They're actually losing money on it. If you think gain-of-function research is something we shouldn't be doing in labs or otherwise, then the most important thing you should do is get vaccinated because the biggest gain-of-function research is happening right now in the bodies of millions of people who are not vaccinated and who are being infected naturally. So if you care about that, you need to remove yourself from the vaccination or from the pool of being infected. Uh, And important, the final point is, if you want to have informed consent to make a decision medically, you need to avoid being misinformed. So be wary of your sources, fact check them and know what you're listening to before you make a serious medical decision. Uh, Again, thank you guys for having me here. And, uh, you know, I look forward to being back. Don't forget you can leave us a review on iTunes and we will mention it on the show or send us an audio message to get your voice on air. You can ask us or say anything you like. You can get exclusive bonus videos and extra podcast material on our YouTube channel. Check it out.